Welcome back in to the Sports Buzz Podcast. It's a service of WKYT-TV, and we hope you subscribe to these podcasts. You can get them uh, any place you get your uh, podcasts, uh, Audio Boom, SoundCloud, uh, on iTunes. Uh, and uh, there are a number of people from here at the station that are doing these now, and we hope you will uh, take advantage and uh, hear what they have to say. Let us know what you want to hear. And give us your thoughts and comments. And the last time we got together, um, we had uh, an interview with the governor and uh, got some great feedback on that in terms of people, uh, both pro and con. It, it was great feedback all the way around, and I had every intention of today talking extensively about that. Uh, but life changes, and things happen, and we alter course. And that's what we're doing today, because as I talk to you the, the day after the, the 4th, and we hope that you and yours had and are continuing to have a wonderful holiday celebration. But it's just, uh, our, our stomachs have been kicked, our, our, our hearts are a little more empty because of the passing of Jared Lorenzen. I mean, when you think about it, and, and this happening over this holiday weekend, was there ever an American success story more American than Jared Lorenzen? Now, 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 sure. I mean, obviously, with what people have accomplished and everything. But from the standpoint of this being a country that was founded upon individual freedom, uh, where anybody can be anything they want to be, regardless of what people say. And, and, and Jared is a perfect example. I mean, he's a guy that... A lot of folks said, hey, if we can make him stronger, if we can make him faster, if we can make him bigger, he'd be a great offensive lineman. But Jared didn't want to be an offensive lineman. Jared was a quarterback. And, and, and it's even funny because he said when he was a young kid, he really didn't like football. And then he grew to love it. And boy, could he play. And he could play just about anything he put his mind to. A lot of folks remember when he and his buddy Derek Smith, who came here to Kentucky to play football with him, when they led Fort Thomas Highlands to the Sweet 16 at Rupp. I mean, those guys could hoop. And they could really play, too. And, 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 the, and the, the whole thing with Jared was he was just, I mean, people were just so drawn to him. And teammates, people that played with him, guys that were his age, older people, younger people, people that didn't care about football. I mean, he's just the kind of guy that would engage you instantly. Uh, Derek Abney talked about the fact that, you know, he, he, he wasn't a rah-rah guy, but guys just gravitated to him. And he was able to lead on the field. And when we talk about his journey and the fact that some people wanted him to play offensive lineman, he told me the story one time when it was the first day that college coaches could call prospects. And it was at one minute after midnight on that day when Jared got a call from Hal Mummy. And he woke the whole family up. And Hal wanted him to come and play quarterback. And no doubt over the last several days, you've seen different accounts uh, from Hal and others that talked about just how he could spin that football. And he came here and, you know, we could talk about stats and all those other things. But, but the impact that he had. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I, I, I mean, he was just 
for those of you that remember the sitcom Cheers, you know, there was that guy, hey, Norm. You know, Norm was always sitting there, and he was everybody's friend, you know. And Jared was kind of the same way. Because of his weight and everything, he was kind of the norm of college football. And, and, and what Mummy said that it did, and he's absolutely right, is that emphasis on his physical stature took away from just how good a player he was. I mean, this is a guy that even though everybody's making jokes about him and everything, you know, and uh, all, all the names, the uh, Pillsbury throw boy and the hefty lefty and all that stuff, he, he told me once that he liked J-Lo the best because he felt certain that would be an entree for him to meet the real J-Lo, although I don't think that ever happened. But, of course, he went and played with the Giants, got a Super Bowl ring, and, and the Giants wanted him back. I mean, I mean Tom Coughlin, uh, who, who was the coach of the New York Giants at the time, I believe, is one of the toughest son-of-a-guns in football. I mean, a pure, absolutely old-school guy. And he wanted Jared Lorenzen to be his quarterback. And when you see people like Eli Manning, you know, tweeting about him, all the stuff that Eli's been through and everything. And I mean, he was Eli's backup and uh, golly, it, it's just, it's just so sad. And, and, and you've heard me talk on here ever since we've been doing this podcast early in the year about getting together with people and being there for people and Every time I've done something like this, it's caused some of my friends to call up, and I, and I appreciate the fact that people love me so much, but they'll call up and say, are you okay? I heard that podcast. Are you okay? Is there anything going on? And no, there just really hadn't been. But I mean, you don't have to look around for a very long period of time to find out that you know what? Everybody's got stuff. And I've said that phrase before, and is everybody who knows me knows. I get on a phrase and I keep it. What about you, boy, is probably the longest one. Living the dream is another one. But here recently, it's like everybody's got stuff. And the whole message there is, folks, wherever you are in your life's walk, wherever somebody you care about is in their life's walk, Man, it's not the end of the world. You don't have to be embarrassed about it. You don't have to go in some sort of shell because everybody's got stuff. And, and I hope that in society we're doing a better job. We still got a long way to go. But I hope we're doing a better job of letting people know this and helping them to feel that no man walks alone. And Jared was a guy that was willing to step out there, warts and all. And I know many of you have heard this, but, you know, probably about, you know, when he left UK, he's probably north of three, probably in about 15, 16. He might have been closer to five. And then it was sometime after that that he got up to 570 and had to have a massive amount of fluid drained off his body. And then he got in a program and got himself going good again. And I'm told that he might've gotten down to 420. But, but when he was doing his project and his work with, uh, whether it be Anthony Holt on, on the Jared Lorenzen project or 
whether it be something with e, uh, E60 on ESPN or whatever it is. I mean, he would say there are going to be good days and there are going to be bad days. And I, I think the bad days just started becoming worse. There started to be more of them. Jared was proud of what he accomplished, but he was not boastful at all. And so I'm sure that at some point in time, you know, he felt personally mad at himself or sad or whatever adjective you want to put on it over the fact that he that he was able to do so much and had done so much in his life, but he couldn't lick this. And I'm sure that that just weighed and weighed and weighed on him. And in the, in the last several months, there were folks that were around him that, you know, said he just wasn't feeling well. And you could just tell he was struggling physically and then went into the hospital when the organs started shutting down, never to get out of that hospital. And so just, just the outpouring uh, gives you an idea of, of how much Jared was loved. And, and it didn't make any difference whether he was doing a radio show, whether you were in a store with him, whether you ran into him uh, in the parking lot, uh, whether he was out there on the field trying to fire the crowd up in the second half of the UK game. The guy was just magnetic. He was the kind of guy you wanted to be around. And <clears throat> I, I guess a, a couple of things I want to hit on. I don't think we could honor Jared any more than for people that have stuff that we've been talking about to not be afraid to reach out to other people. <clears throat> and if you know somebody that's got stuff going on, don't you be afraid to reach out to them. And I, and I say that from the standpoint that we've all got stuff, as I said before. And so because of that, many people, and I go through periods like this where you're afraid to get involved who am I with the mistakes I've made? Who am I to go ahead and tell somebody that they need to be doing this or they need to be doing that? I'm not saying that. But listen, you know, we're all perceptive. You can tell when somebody at the office or, or somebody at church or, or somebody in your circle of friends, you can tell when they're having a tough time. You can absolutely tell that. And you don't have to give a sermon whenever you talk to them. But you can reach out. And, and you can just let them know that somebody's there. That somebody has walked the walk that they think is so bad right now that they can't take another step. That somebody has not only walked that walk, but they've come out on the other side. And, and so that's, that's one thing. And, and, and because of that, despite those tough days that he had, I don't think there's anything that would make Jared any happier than if there were people who were on their journey and there's something in their life that they're trying to straighten out and they haven't been able to so far. 
I, I, I just really sense that Jared would like nothing better than for those folks to get a hold of their situation and turn it around because of how they saw him struggle. And listen, those of us who have fought and do fight weight issues, I can promise you, nobody wants it to be out there publicly. And I can promise you too that Jared wasn't doing it for the publicity. But I think he was doing it to A, try to have accountability, but B, and most importantly, I think he really wanted to help people. And, and that's the other thing that I wanted to talk to you today about with Jared. It's why was he so loved? What was it about this guy that people just wanted to be around him? They wanted to hear what he had to say. They wanted to get an autograph or they wanted to take a picture or, or they, they loved coming up to him and he would see them in a Lorenzen jersey. So, so what was it that just forged this connection that's kind of unbreakable between a lot of folks? And, and, and I, think it's, I think it's really simple. On most occasions, Jared was obviously the biggest guy in the room. And I mean that literally. The other thing is, is on most occasions, he had the biggest personality in the room. I mean, it was just infectious. His laugh, his ability to tell stories, his ability to get tickled at things. I mean, he just loved life. And then third and most importantly, even though Jared was the biggest guy in the room and had the biggest personality in the room, despite everything he accomplished, he never felt, nor did I see him or ever get a report of him acting like he was the biggest guy in the room. There was nobody that he wouldn't genuinely take time for. Whether he was rushing to do a radio hit or trying to get to one of his kids' games, or during those times, I'm sure, when there were people that had been overserved and there were people who would make comments about his weight. Or during those periods of time, no doubt, in the last month or so, when he wasn't feeling well and somebody wanted a selfie or an autograph, or they just wanted to say, hey, I mean, he did it genuinely, but you never saw him act like it was any sort of burden. And there had to be times when he had things going on and when he wasn't feeling his best. But I mean, he always engaged those people. Didn't just do it to fulfill an obligation that he felt he somehow had, but genuinely engaged those people, and especially kids. He loved being around kids. And I, I, I'm, I'm just telling you, I, I just, it has been very difficult to put into words because you really don't know what 
words to say. Like most people, there's probably a mixture of sadness and anger. And isn't there, isn't there anything that anybody else could have done? I mean, I don't know how many people I've asked are, were there not medical things that, that he could have done? Is there not something that, that could have turned this around? And I'm sure that friends and family members of him have, have said to themselves or said out loud, oh my God, if I'd only been tougher here, if I had only you know, put my foot down at some point in time, maybe this wouldn't have happened. And, and, you know, people can beat themselves up over that stuff. The most pressing question now is how do you go forward and how do you honor his legacy? And, I, and, and I'm going to go back to it again. I think the biggest thing we can do, or, uh, I, I know he wasn't the guy that coined the phrase, but the last person I heard use it was Rick Sutcliffe, the former... A Cubs pitcher, when he was doing a major league game on ESPN, I forget who was playing, but they were talking about ability. And like I said before, I've, I've heard this before, but uh, he said, uh, the greatest ability that you can have is availability. Play on words there, but you can have all kinds of talent, but if you're not healthy to get in the lineup, you can't get in the lineup. Okay, and use that ability. And he wasn't talking about weight or injuries or anything like that there, but what he was saying and what that phrase, I believe, says to all of us is let's just be there for each other. Every day, if your life is, is like mine and so many others, it seems like it's just a rat race. I mean, as soon as your feet hit the floor in the morning, you, you are trying to keep up on the hamster wheel and it stays that way until you either go to bed or you fall asleep on the couch before you get to the bed. And I'm not complaining. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm the most blessed man in the world. But because of situations we put ourselves in, because of responsibilities, because we don't always get to plan what it is that we do, sometimes those things happen. We just have to deal with them, okay? But, but the thing that that phrase is saying more than anything to me is let's be there for each other. I, I mean, you, you won't have to be a CSI to see the person at work who's no, normally perky and ready to go and they're just not themselves. Or, or the guy that plays in your basketball league and you can see that, you know, a guy who's typically a really good player has got his mind a million miles away. Coworker, supervisor, somebody who's underneath you, somebody that, that, that is going through that stuff. You know who they are. And nobody wants anybody to roll in their life and have a discussion like, if you'd only listen to me, we could solve this. But sometimes it's just to be there and listen. Sometimes it's just to walk by and say, you know what? I don't know what's going on. But if you need to talk to somebody, I'm here. You're in my thoughts. You're in my prayers. And I think more than anything, that's what it's all about. And like I said before, it's just so 
incredibly sad. And for Jared's mom and dad and his stepdad and his sister and his two just adorable children, to his family, to his many friends, to fans of Jared's and the Big Blue Nation. I mean, hearts are just empty. I mean, emotions are raw. And it'll never be the same. You hear people say, oh, it gets better over time. No, no, it really doesn't. It gets more manageable. It gets different. There becomes a new normal. But it's never the same. And that's what love is all about. But in this case, we are blessed and over time will be comforted by the fact that there are so many incredible memories. Stuff that happened on the field, jokes that he told off the field, horsing around with his guys after, after practice, I mean, busting on coaches, uh, being out in the tailgate lot, I mean, getting on there and pushing those throwboy t-shirts. I mean, the numbers of stories that have come out, you know, befriending people that he's just met everywhere. There was a, there was a guy, Stanford Steve, uh, who's like uh, Scott Van Pelt's buddy and now his second banana uh, on the SVP show. And Stanford Steve was telling a story about how Van Pelt had said something about Kentucky and Lorenzen had texted in and, and, and Stanford Steve was just like a production assistant, like a behind-the-scenes guy. And he and Lorenzen became friends and would text and things. And he's just, he, he was an amazing athlete. Um, he, he, he was an amazing person. And while his life on this earth was cut far too short, we were blessed for the time that we had to watch and to interact with this truly larger-than-life figure. And like I said before, there were other things I wanted to talk about, but it's just not appropriate today. So that'll do it for this Sports Buzz podcast. Next week, we sit down with Jeff Ruby, another one of those guys from Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, like Lorenzen, who really kind of does things his own way. And we will visit with him about uh, his uh, new venture, in Lexington next week. Again, uh, you can always reach me at the station. Just go to the website, shoot me an email or whatever. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram with uh, your thoughts and comments, whatever you'd like us to talk about, uh, if there are people you would like us to talk about. And remember that you can get the Sports Buzz podcast, which is a presentation of WKYT, anywhere you get your podcast, Audio Boom, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes. Please, we encourage you to subscribe and to let your friends and neighbors know about it. And we will talk to you next time on the Sports Buzz Podcast.